0: Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Aaron Summers, joined by my co-host, John DeShazer. And we have a couple special guests today who both are with us every weekend on the Saints radio calls in Mike Haas and Deuce McAllister. It's been a very eventful year. So we wanted to get everybody together and kind of break it down a little bit now that we are post Saints play. Thanks for for coming on, Mike.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, I wish we were all in, you know, i do not in Los Angeles yet, but preparing for Los Angeles, but uh, it was a tough, tough way to end. But yeah, but I'm happy to be here.
0: Thanks. And Deuce, how are you doing this morning?
2: Pretty good. You know, um, I agree with Mike. You wish that the preparation was on the Rams at this point, but obviously we know that that is not the case. And so um, we get to start on our off season a little bit earlier than we really wanted to.
0: I'm not going to lie. I saw somebody walking down the street with a Rams hat earlier today, and I absolutely mean mugged them. And I, I try not to do that to people. Like I try to smile and say hi, but I couldn't help it. I mean, it was an unfortunate way for this season to end, but before we we get to the end of it, Aaron, Aaron,
2: we we probably could have came came and bailed you out, you know, uh, (laughs) just to be able to, uh, a friendly assault and I don't know if assault is friendly, but to be able to take that hat off and throw it on the ground. I mean, that's, that's really how um, that makes you feel. But, you know, um, I understand, you know, the meme mug is, is good enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was by myself, you know, if you guys were there with me.
2: <laughs> A different story.
0: <laughs> um, when we look at this season in its totality, What's the biggest takeaway that that you have with how it went? we can start with John.
3: Um, I guess the biggest thing is um, that this team was able to win nine games, period. Um, I don't know what would have happened for other organizations had they been under some of the circumstances that the Saints were under. But, I mean, it seemed like they started, you know, it started an uphill run and it stayed uphill. The entire year. I mean, from a hurricane evacuation to everything else that happened, uh, the fact that this team won nine games with four different quarterbacks starting and with all the injuries and COVID and all that stuff. I don't want to say miraculous because, I mean, these guys are paid professionals. And yet when you have 58 different starting lineups um, or 58 different starters, rather, that's that's significant. That's (laughs) you know, that's not an excuse, but there sometimes there's not an excuse, but there are reasons. And that's a pretty significant reason for a team to not have been uh, as successful as the Saints were. So that, that that'll be the thing that always takes out to me the most is that they were just able to hang together and win nine games.
0: Yeah. And Mike, you've covered the team for a long time, been in broadcasting for a while. When you look at the season and, and kind of compare it maybe to some of the other years that you've, you've seen mm-hmm. of the Saints or other teams, I mean, how, ha- have you ever seen anything like this? And then what would your takeaway be?
1: Well, I mean, this, we saw a similar start, you know, only because of what Ka- Katrina, you know, you, they, you, this team has had to deal with with that before and not many coaches, uh, you know, now Mickey was here, Sean wasn't here uh, in, in 05, but no, I've never, I mean, I've never seen anything happen like this. No matter To me, it was kind of, you know they were five and two on the front end, and four and one on the back end. So your front and back end, you're nine and three. To me, it's that five game streak. You know, it's you know everybody's gonna have their one turning point. Uh, you know, or their game that they you know many people look at the Giants game because the Saints had a lead, but then that five game streak, to me, it was that was the survival because you had Trevor. But you didn't have your offensive line, or you didn't have Mark or Alvin, or you didn't have Tate. I mean, it was like the worst configuration of what you could do in that five-game streak. Every game was different, but you never really had your O-line or your backs or Taysom or your receivers kind of at the same time. So now the end of the season is classic New Orleans Saints. I went, I went back under Peyton. If you look at kind of years where they finished seven and nine, uh, and other, and like from 2012, 14, 16, 15, 16, they were four and eight, five and eight, getting at this end of the season time. And they went two of their last three, three of their last four, every time when they could have easily tanked, gotten a nice draft position, they don't do it. They always, this team's, cannot tank. It's not in their DNA. They don't know how to do it. They finished strong. And those all those seven and nine years were either five and eight or four and eight at at that time. And they finished winning two of their last three or three of the last four. So doing what they did this year, winning four of their last five, doesn't surprise me at all. In fact, it should have been five of their last five, as far as I'm concerned, that Miami game was, you know, it's an aberration. And that was just an asterisk game for I mean that was just not even NFL football
0: it was definitely a tough game considering all the people that we had out in that one. But as a former player, Deuce, when you look at the season, what stands out to you?
2: I think it's the adversity. Uh, I think, you know, the having the ability to overcome the adversity and, um, you know, even when, uh, Mike made the comment of, as far as the organization and the team, uh, having to experience Katrina and going through that, um, the organization and most of the players they've had to evacuate before, maybe not to the extent uh, of, of, you know, and I'm not really comparing it to the Katrina, but the extent of being gone three weeks, but uh, I don't think that's, I don't want to make that an excuse as an excuse. I mean, because at the end of the day, guess how many other teams care? Zero. Nobody else care. And mm-hmm. you're expected to go and play the game. And so I think uh, it, it, it really shows um, what, what, what Mickey was able to do and, you know, Jeff Ireland and Sean and his guys being able to get those guys to understand and really bring it in the right group of guys. I mean, because if trust me, I, 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 I was on the Katrina team and, you know, I ended up getting hurt. But if you don't have the right makeup of a team, you're going to fold and you're going to fold quickly. And so you didn't see that with this team. You didn't see them feeling sorry one bit for themselves. And it, it could have easily been that. It could have easily been that way. And, you know, I think they've got, obviously, uh, you've got to get better. Every roster will be different a, a, a little bit each year. You know, and and, and as a, a guy that's been in that locker room, when they walked in on Monday and you see the black trash bags, the 55-gallon trash bags, Uh, in front of your locker, that's the toughest part because they know that the next time that they come in that locker room, those, the shell, they will be empty. And the guy that was next to you for the last six months or even maybe the last three weeks, he may not be there. That's the toughest part. And then to go up to meet with your position coach to meet with Sean. Um, he gives you kind of the off-season game plan or you're a free agent. You may not be back or they they release you. That's the toughest part. And when you have to go through and you experience that and for guys that are experiencing it for the first time or guys that have experienced it year in and year out, that's tough. And so I think that's what is probably really sinking in for a lot of those guys uh today today is wednesday today would have been the first day as far as preparation for this week there's no reporting to the facility there's no 7:30 weights. waits there's no 8:30 or nine o'clock team meeting it's over and i think it's starting to hit some of those players particularly some of those guys that are experiencing this for the first time particularly a lot of your younger players so uh It'll take some time to get over, but eventually they will. And you will start back to workouts, and you will start to, you know, kind of see how this team comes together and, you know, we'll get the opportunity to hopefully do it again.
3: I'll, I'll go to Deuce with this because you have a perspective that obviously none of us have as, as a former player. And I don't know what kind of contact you were able to maintain with players this year, if you were at all, but, you know, did you get a sense from them if you could speak to them how mentally taxing it was to go through a season like this, you mentioned Katrina year. And I mean, you know, it's one thing to be able to compartmentalize, but it's another thing to try to compartmentalize when you're fleeing a hurricane and you've got people missing every week. and You've got people hurt every week. You're playing in the middle of a pandemic and everything just seems to be swirling every week. John, I rarely share my
2: conversations that I have with the guys, because it's, uh, it means something. And so, you know, when you cross the line, when I say cross the line, not in a bad way, but when you leave as a player and you go onto the other side as a media, normally you're looked on as, oh, all you want to do is talk bad about me or, you know, not talk about the good things that we we do or done or, you know, uh, also, I know how tough it is. But I'll share one conversation that I had uh, with Chauncey and this is us back in Dallas over at TCU. This is his first time ever going through an experience like this. And this was even before we know what the season is now. But for him, uh, before the injuries, before any of that had, had happened, we were talking about leadership and some of the things that he could do to improve as a leader and be more vocal, you know, being able to be one of the guys that's out early. I mean, because at that time, he's still technically still a young player, you know, Mm -hmm. and so to be able to listen to what a guy like Malcolm is telling you, to be able to listen to some of the older guys, uh, Jeff, what he's kind of telling you. And I told him, look, the one thing that you, 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 you can't let get lost in being in Dallas is you're around the guys now more than you will ever be. I mean, because when you're in New Orleans, once you leave the facility, you may have a few of you guys that hang out, go out to eat. You know, you see each other a little bit. We call it after hours, after work. But when you were in Dallas and you guys were busing an hour to TCU and then bus back to to, to the hotel, guess what? You're all still there. There's no escape away from the players. And so I just told him, man, you know, I know y'all gonna get tired of each other, but take advantage of it. Take advantage of the time that you have together there and just say, hey, look, how about we go down and we just watch some film? You know, we just, not that they're getting away from their family because a little, a few of them had their family there, but you know, most of them, for the most part, didn't even have their family there. But I said, just take take advantage of it and, you know, just make sure that you're doing what you need to do. And, you know, you don't, we didn't know how long things would be uh "Quote unquote" shut down in New Orleans, but just being being a good leader. And you know, uh, I thought he took it to he, you know, uh, another guy that obviously uh, another one is 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 um, uh, Armstead. And just not only the the personal relationship that I have with him, but obviously on the field and just trying to get him to be you know the vocal leader that he may not necessarily be known as just because he's quiet in nature. That kid or that young man gave so much that every day almost, and, and you know, it, your body's hurting. You know, your body's hurting. And I think a lot of times it was because, all right, my body's hurting, but I'm gonna push through because I want to be out here with the guys that you lead to something else getting hurt. You know, to lead you, it, it, it leads to another injury And the investment that he made in himself as far as new treatments, new this, new that, to be able to do that, Um, like I said, we know how that story ended the season. But he put in the effort to try to prevent um, something happen as far as whether it was maintenance or just new techniques, new things that he was doing, trying to make sure that he was healthy. So, I mean, just little stuff like that, I could tell you a ton of them. But like I said, I like to – Try to let the guys know, hey, look, man, what we talk about, that's between us. You know, very rarely we're, I'll share um, what happens, you know, in the locker room or what happens uh, out on the field or between, you know, between us
3: players. Mike, for you, I know on, on Fridays during the season, you got a chance to, you know, you get the interview with the one-on-one with Coach Payton, uh, you know, brief or long or whatever, but, you know, you got a chance to talk Great to him. Great question. <laughs> yeah. It, did you, I guess, I don't want to say impressive, but I guess impressive might be the word for a guy to kind of hold it together because he, you know, the charge leaves with him. He He begins with the, you know, nobody cares, you know, if you're going through strife and stress. And he preaches that, you know, day after day after day. You know, what was it like to, I guess, watch him operate this season under these circumstances? Well,
1: it was unique and it will be not surprising to to you three that if, if we played the pre-Green Bay or the pre-Atlanta, week one and week 17 and week Tennessee, week 10, so if you played all those three, you'd never know anything about where the team was. You'd never he was never really up, he was never really down. He, he, he you you learn kind of where he is mentally and what he's gonna talk about and so you, you kind of – he never we, – we knew early on he was never going to use the hurricane, the injuries, the COVID, the missing coaches, any of that stuff as an excuse. So you you don't ask. You don't take him down that road. But you did – we would talk about the challenges of, that they'd have to overcome. But he was – man, he was just uh, – I'm sure he was like this in the locker room and probably that, that rock that this team needed to, like, just stay the course. You know, this is what you didn't need. You need a coach going up and down like that. And he was and he was the same week one as
3: he was week 17. And that was impressive. Yeah, and now, this is for Aaron, the hostess with the mostest who's always asking questions, so, so I've got one for you. Um, Aaron, you came into a situation that, you know, Aaron came to us from North Carolina, folks, so probably was not expecting this because none of us were. <laughs> so what was this first season like for you? when you come in from the outside and you're thinking, okay, I'm I'm going to a situation, man, it's going to be great. And now all of a sudden, everything uh, from beginning to end is just, I don't want to say chaos, but it's chaotic (laughs) throughout. What was it like for you?
0: Yeah, I kind of just gotten here. And a couple of weeks later, there's the hurricane and everybody's leaving town. And I, you know, we have hurricanes in North Carolina, but we don't leave. So, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just going to hang out, see what happens. Not the best idea, made it through just fine, but uh, not going to do that again. Cause you know, mm-hmm. I like having electricity and, and air conditioning, especially in the middle of August. Um, but then, you know, things just kind of continued to happen throughout the season. And I kept asking, you know, is this, is this how it usually is? This isn't a norm. This is not normal, right? Like this is, how many injuries and, and the COVID situations with the coaches and then the players. And it was a uh, hard at times to, yeah, stay positive and find the silver lining as a uh, somebody covering the team. So seeing the players continue to be able to do it week in and week out and the approach that they had to the game was really impressive.
3: Yeah. i, I tell you what I didn't, I didn't play it down. I will never play it down in the NFL. I have no idea what it feels like. But I felt like I played the season. I was exhausted, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, so, so Mike and Mike and Deuce. Uh, any order you want to answer in where where would nine wins rank for this season? I mean, obviously you fall short of the playoffs, but you know, all things considered, where would nine wins rank in terms of you know, hey, that's kind of where I expected. Hey, that's a lot more impressive than it than it could have been. I mean, where would it rank?
2: on a scale of 1 to 10 or what are we what are we what are we basically
3: yeah on, yeah on a 1 to 10
2: for me it's probably knowing what i know now it's probably about a 7 6 or 7 um, going into it even with the hurricane even with covid being a factor The one question mark that I had, even with a new quarterback, you had to have one or two guys. You had to have Michael Thomas healthy. He can can miss six games. I was fine with that. And then you had to get Will Lutz back. Because I've been down the road with this team with having six, seven, eight, nine different kickers. That doesn't work. I did not expect, from an offensive standpoint, I knew it, you would struggle, whether that's with, 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 with Jameis, whether that's with Taysom. It didn't matter quarterback-wise. I didn't think they would struggle as much as they did. But part of that is, I didn't know that they would lose four starting offensive line. You know, you, you figure your offensive line would be, all right, we may have one or two guys that miss three games, two games, four games but not, not not the musical chairs that they did there. So from an offensive standpoint, you could not predict that. This is just going in and seeing a couple guys that were started on PUP, that being Michael T, and then saying that you would get Will Lux back at some point. Uh, you know, this team, in my eyes, they're, they're 11 and 12-win team. I mean, that's the type of talent that you knew that you had defensively and what you had offensively. But the injuries happened. I won't blame COVID. I mean, because you, COVID, that's a, that's a part of it, you know. But the injuries to two key guys and then the flux that you had offensive line-wise, um, you just never were able to truly overcome it. And so I think seven is good you know, as far as the gauge for them. But obviously if they don't, if you get Mike T back for 11 games or at least, you know, nine games, he makes a difference for you. And then having Will, you know, for that same amount, that's probably worth another at least two wins for you, if not three. Mike, well, first off, I want to say that I wrote down
1: Will Lutz and Mike Thomas before when John asked me the question. <laughs> so I'm proud of that because I, anything I can match up with that man, uh, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, in training camp, we all went through it. They said, What do you, right, so what's the what's the prediction? I don't know who was doing the story. Give me your prediction. And I said, 10 and seven. Now, at that point, I think we got Will Lutz and Mike Thomas, and I don't know what's going to happen. And then, and Deuce is right. I have to kind of take, Covid impacted everybody, so you kind of take that out. But the injury, so to me, I give this season an eight and a half because knowing you have to, you have to give it what what it is now at the end. And I know what they went through, and and know Mike Thomas, and know Will Lux, and and the impact that it had. And so to me, nine and eight, I, I thought ten and seven was what I said at training camp. But to be nine and eight, and you know right on the on the cusp of the playoffs i mean this team overachieved uh more than i thought it had the ability to do given the talent that was on the field week to week again i when people ask about this season i I go well we asked coach payton more than once who his emergency third quarterback was going to be (laughs) to learn it was alvin Kamara. And I was like, you know, if you have to ask that question a couple of times during the season, that's probably not good. And so we we kind of all knew that replacing Drew was impossible. But really, we're 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 going to play Alvin. That's our that's where we are. <laughs> and then, you know, and he loved it. And he did take some wildcap snaps, but you know, he wanted to throw the ball. So I I'd give it an eight and a half, just because, man, just to get nine and eight, I was almost ten to seven. Man, yeah, that was that's pretty close to me.
0: So. Where do we go from here? You know, how can we build off of this season? It's not really a good representation of what things will look like post Drew Brees because of everything that we've just talked about. So w- what's the focus in the off season and then heading in into next year, Deuce?
2: Well, for me, you you have to uh, get settled at quarterback. I mean, I think that's the most important position. You have both of the guys that were – presumably in the race or, you know, the fight to be the starter, both of those guys are going to be coming off entry. And so for this team, they have to have that answer at the quarterback position, you know, whether that is Jameis Winston or whether that's Jason Hill, uh, they have to, you don't have to have the long-term answer, you know, in place this year, but you've got to get clarity for next season. Uh, And then, you know, the next piece for me becomes the left tackle. You know, what do you do with that position? You know, Armstead will be a free agent. Uh, he will have heavy interests uh, outside of New Orleans. If that is the case, uh, what will be your short-term and long-term interests? I don't think it has to be first round, first round to go and draft a guy. I don't think that, that that's the case. You do have some young talent, Lyndon Turner. I mean, uh, 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 Kentucky King got hurt, played one game. Uh, your are pick from, from Kentucky. I think he mm-hmm. can obviously uh, help you there. Hurst uh, is a guy that you know that can fill in for you. Uh, you'll take a long look at Ryan Ramjet at, at that position as well. Uh, but now you're starting to shuffle some things around. I'm not as concerned inside uh, as some people may be with the offensive line. Cesar Ruiz probably didn't have his best year this year. I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did look at him at center and moving uh, McCoy over to guard, uh, you know, but you, you have to go ahead and get some stability there with your offensive line. Uh, the other piece becomes, what do you do with uh, Marcus Williams? Can you get a long-term deal done with him? Uh, and then, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, what happens at that position as well? You know, so there's, there's a couple of question marks that they have to kind of fill out, but in my eyes, uh you get Mike T back. You get Will Lux back. You 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 figure out the quarterback position. You're still a ten win team. You're still you're still in position to be able to win ten games or better next year.
0: Mike, what'd you write down?
1: Well, it just shows you. Uh, to me, it's Wednesday. The season ended Sunday, and I couldn't come up with Landon's last name. I was I, was, I Landon Turner. sounded right to me. I went. Is Landon Young? Young, I'm like young. I couldn't. It's been two days, and my brain is mush. I'm like, <laughs> looking up, like, what, 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 is, what, is, what was his last name? So, uh, you know, just obviously, just 100 correct. You start with quarterback. I mean, so the, I, I think there's right now the Saints are 60 million over the cap, something like that. I, mean, I talked to Kai Harley yesterday uh, for the Saints Hour. They were 100 million over the cap at last at this point last year. So you got to do some, and so how do you get in the race if you are gonna get in the race in the free agent market for a quarterback? Also get under the cap without gutting something. You can't reach I don't know that you can restructure your way out of this. And right now you got to try to, in my world, protect the offensive line. Maybe Teron's a free agent. I don't, you know, certainly a situation, but you gotta protect that defense. You got to keep some of those core guys, and that's always been Mickey and Sean's position is we're going to keep our core. We're going to pay our core and then we're going to build around it. But man, I think the next few months and Kai Harley and what he's able to do will dictate kind of what this team looks like to get, or maybe they're not players in the free agent market. Maybe they're not going to go after uh, a, a Russell or, or an Aaron Rodgers if if they are, because man, that's, that's going to be a bidding race. It's going to take some cash. So I, you know, I think first, first things first, get under the cap. Protect your defense, and if you can better yourself, we're all assuming Mike Thomas is back, right? I mean, so that changes to me the whole wide receiver room. If you tell me Mark West Callaway is going to be a strong number two, I'm like, I'm in. And Javon Johnson, only the tight end, I'm in. But when they're and Deontay Harris performed unbelievable, but when they had when he had to become the guy, just because we made him the guy, Mark West Callaway didn't do anything. We just said you're the guy now. So I, I think they'll be fine. But man, I think it's about getting out of the cap and protecting the defense.
2: Yeah, well, and, and just to comment on getting out of the cap, there's three restructures. It, it, it's it's uh, Lattimore, you restructure his deal. The other one is Alvin Kamara, and those two you know that you want back. The other one, um, you, you you get an extension with Davenport. I mean, I think he counts about $10.5 million and the other one is um, – is uh, you you get a contract with Marcus Williams. Both of those, all four of those, that opens up the cap space that you need. It gets you up under 60. And there's still even one more, Ryan Ramczyk, his deal. Those three, Lattimore, Ryan Ramczyk, as well as uh, Alvin Kamara uh, could get you under the 60 million. I mean, uh, you know, for the next two years, three years, they will be a part of your, your, your contract. So in a sense, you kick the can down the road. But now you don't have to gut your team, if that makes sense. And then to be able to be players uh, with two of the presumable quarterbacks that they are technically not free agents, (laughs) but we know that it will cost draft picks and it it will take creativity to get their salary where it needs to be from the Saints' perspective, if that makes sense. And so they can get it done. The question becomes how aggressive do they want to be?
0: Definitely a lot of good things to build off of from this past year. The the grit, the resiliency that we saw from this team, the coaching that we saw from Coach Peyton and everybody around him. Some coaches we're going to have to watch over the next few weeks here to see if we're going to lose anybody and see if we're going to have to bring anybody else in. So that's definitely a storyline I know all of us will will be following. And then senior bowl draft stuff. I mean, we'll be here across the board for the next few months and then we'll start it all over again next year. Hopefully we'll be a better, better luck next year. Um, better than nine and eight and getting back into the postseason. but Mike and Deuce, thank you so much for joining us today on the New Orleans Saints podcast. John DeShazer appreciate you as always. We'll be back on Friday with another edition of the podcast, and hopefully, we'll be able to catch up with Mike and Deuce again later as some things start to happen in the off season.
1: Thank you, thank you. I know you can't see him, but Deuce, we got to get a chair
3: like John, man.
1: I mean, that's, John got the
3: big. John got the big. Got the, big the big daddy. Chair. Come on, man. I <laughs> feel like man. See, I can't. Even, I can't even go against that. This, my, this is what my wife bought this chair for my for my room, and um, and, and yeah, I like it. <laughs> nothing wrong with it.
1: Pretty like strong, it. man. Pretty strong. Thanks for having me <laughs> anytime.
0: Thank you, guys. So we got to work on our chairs in the off season, guys. Oh my God, I, I yeah. Mean, yeah.
1: Deuce and I have we have a big chair conversation, so we we know <laughs> we have now, chair issues. Now, now here's the thing <laughs> that exactly.
3: she bought she bought the chair, but she's always telling me I need like when people on TV have like the bookshelves and all that stuff mm-hmm. in the back. So she's like, you know, you got to get a better background. And I'm like. Why would I do that? I, I just wanna stay in my chair. You can't see it, the chair takes up a whole screen. <laughs> yeah, then I'm gonna have to you know I'm gonna have to spin around and get a bookshelf and on and I, I don't wanna get a bookshelf. I'm, I'm gonna got that with much that.
1: room right there. <laughs>